Talk, talk to me. WSRadio.com. Welcome back to Computer and Technology Radio with your hosts, Mark Cohen and Marsha Collier. Well, welcome back this week, and Mark Cohen's on vacation, so you've got me, Marsha Collier, at Marsha Collier on Twitter, and Ed Bott, at Ed Bott on Twitter, who knows a whole lot more than just Windows, but he's so darn good at Windows that that's all anybody ever asks him about, which is why I love having him on here on the show, because it's nice to have another opinion, don't you think? Especially someone as smart as Ed. (laughs) (laughs) You know, we should really get John Dvorak, too. uh, You know, (laughs) one of the nice things about this industry that we're in is that, you know, it used to be that we all, I mean, it was almost like when you talked about technology, it was a religious debate. You know, everyone had their, their church that they worshiped at and the Apple people couldn't get along with the Google people who couldn't get along with the windows people. But guess what? Uh, Nowadays, everyone that I know is, has given up on that sort of parochiality that they used to have. Um, And, you know, I see people using iPhones and windows PCs all the time, Macs running Google software and, you know, just a, a broad mix of things. And so, you know, it, it's really nice to no longer have to deal with the, the flames from people. Uh, well, you know, you unfortunately, together. here on Twitter, we tend to still have some of the religions and we don't have any today commenting, but there, you know, always there's, there's someone to, uh, if we talk about a problem with Windows, we get the tweets say, get a Mac. Oh, yeah, I'm so tired of that. I don't want to hear it. And the phones are just getting better. Yeah, what I get in my comments are a lot of people, uh, you know, saying, and and I believe they're sincere, that uh, we should all switch to Linux on our desktops because that would that would solve that would solve all the problems. And it would. (laughs) Sure. Sure. But before we get into Windows, I wanted to ask you, what do you think of the right to repair? Because this happens to be something I've been banging a drum on for several years. Oh, yeah. I, you know, I'm a big supporter of that movement. I think there's um, there's some nuances that go on with it. The idea that a company can legally prohibit you from repairing your own product. Shameful. Shameful. Shameful and, and morally wrong. On the other hand, I also understand why companies design products that are hard to repair because, you know, we're all demanding things that are incredibly thin and incredibly light and incredibly secure. And in a lot of cases, that means, you know, the the cases are glued together instead of held together with screws that you can remove. And the... Uh, Instead of having a socket for the memory, you have it. Uh, you have it soldered, soldered directly. In. Yeah, because but that, you, take, because that but takes let's less take us, Let's take us back to our childhood, though. Didn't yeah. you have a TV guy that came to the house to fix the TV? Well, I was the TV guy. You know, I would just go down and I would just take the tubes out 
and take <gasps> the tube down and put them in the tube tester, and then you and then you got the right tube from the you know from the place. Uh, Realize the millennial audience has no idea of what we're talking they're, about. There you go. Well, some of them do. There are. I, I know the same group of young people who are really excited about like vinyl technology are in many cases have those turntables plugged into uh, old tube based amps because they give you that, you know, that warm that great sound, sound, sound yeah. that great sound. So there's, you know, I, I think among the real cognoscenti, uh, you know, of any age, uh, there's always going to be a little room for for uh, vacuum tube technology. Google it. So, for, well, just so you know, Allstate bought, I think, I Break You Fix. So I have a feeling there's going to be a few lobbyists that are going to be going in for uh, the right to repair. So it'll be hey, interesting hey, to watch. Hey, uh, Marcia. Yes, Wade. Yeah, um, I just it's a throw in two cents because yeah, you know, I agree, right to repair, but. In another life, about 30, well, 1989-ish, I was managing a repair department that sold professional-level video gear. And we were running into the problem then where it was still, say, circuit soldered on a board, but because everybody wanted the camera and recorder smaller, they would have to wafer the boards, and you oh. just couldn't get to the deal, but... If you went back to big enough to fix, then it was too big and bulky and they didn't want to buy it, right? Uh, so Yeah, that's true, right. So as just the boards got wafered and then once you take all that circuitry, as Ed knows, and burn it onto a CPU or some kind yep. of IC, how, you know, other than toss, replace, how do you fix something like that? But you see, I, I say you have the right to be able to buy it and toss replace, which is not always the case. Yeah, yeah, you, you should be talent. able to change out whatever at whatever level right. it's possible. Right, exactly. Exactly. It comes to a point where you, some things you can't fix. But I've changed batteries and tablets and fixed phones, and I love doing technology surgery. So, <laughs> yeah, it, it's a thing. Ed, do you you remember the days when you used to go into your computer and fix stuff? Don't you? Oh, sure. Uh, absolutely. Now, I wasn't, uh, I wasn't a soldering iron, uh, you know, aficionado like like some people are. Well, but, I went that yeah. far. I went yeah. that far. Just yeah, so. you know, and and uh, and you know, back when motherboards had a lot of discrete components on them, like Wade was saying, you know, you might be able to replace, you know, oh, there's a resistor here. I can just replace this resistor. I can replace this capacitor. But you know. Integration means that's not, you know, that's not as yeah, possible yeah. as it as it used to be. The other issue that comes up with the right to repair stuff is, um, I don't know if you remember, but uh, Apple had an issue with their iPhones where if third parties uh, right. would would replace the screen or the home button, right. then right. all of a sudden the fingerprint. Uh, the, the fingerprint ID would no longer work. And that was because they had, for security reasons, they had locked the, the, uh, the fingerprint button to the motherboard specifically so that a thief couldn't steal your phone, 
pull the the uh, home button off of it and replace it with a, a thing that could generate a fake fingerprint on it. I mean, that was a security thing. Yeah, and I so- understand. But in Marsha world, Marsha thinks <laughs> that the guys who are out there stealing phones off the bar to resell yeah. are yeah. not going to be the same guys who were in there with a picking the phone apart to change these parts. Well, the re- and so and so the reality is it comes back to uh, the right to repair also comes with a right to be disappointed by the results of a third exactly. party repair. Exactly. Uh, but 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 for uh, for a company to assert, I mean, I think I think there was uh, I'm not going to mention the name because I'm not sure that I have the name right, but there was a maker of like heavy equipment, earth moving equipment. That John Deere. also, yeah, that, that had that had uh, you know mm-hmm. exercised its uh, uh, right to repair. You know, it said said no, no, no. You you can't do any repairs on this except through us. And and that's the same deal. You know, if you do it, you void the it's warranty. You. you lose right. the you know you lose the ability to sue the company if your earth mover turns over on you and 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 hurts you and kills you yeah Yeah. but the point is once it's out of warranty you know what the heck if there's a guy who can fix it what the heck speaking of fixing we have to get to the topic at hand let's do and that that is there are some of us who have not upgraded to windows 10 on all our devices uh who can upgrade to windows 10 and how can we still get it free well that's one of the most I, i wrote an article um, I'll be tweeting that on Twitter, so go ahead and it, talk. Yeah, I wrote an article uh, in in mid-2016. It was uh, right after, you know, when, when Microsoft launched Windows 10 in June uh, or, or July of 2015, they said, one year, one year free upgrades, hurry everyone, and they used some very aggressive sales tactics with it. And they had, you know, hundreds of millions of people who – took advantage of that offer. But at the end of the year, they said, okay, the offer is over. Well, guess what? The The offer may have ended, but you can still do the upgrade for free. If you're a consumer, uh, I definitely would not recommend that you do this at your business where you're, you know, where you can potentially be audited for your compliance with license agreements and, and such. But an individual consumer, if you go and to Microsoft's Windows 10 download site, download the setup files. You can upgrade your PC that's currently running Windows 7 or Windows 8 or Windows 8.1. And when you're done with that upgrade, uh, as readers continue to tell me every single day, I get email from people who tell me, yep, it's still working. Uh, So you can still get a free Windows 10 upgrade. Uh, And this is a good year to do it. Because especially if you're, if if you've been saying you know I'm going to stick with Windows Seven till the bitter end. Well, the bitter end is going to be uh, about ten months from now. Yipes, yipes. Well, I have and uh, computers that run Windows eight point one, can they easily upgrade to Windows ten? Uh, yes, if if the computer was originally designed for Windows eight point one, it it should be a pretty good candidate for a Windows 10 upgrade. In fact, it will probably run better uh, running Windows 10 than uh, than it did with Windows 8.1. Where you're likely to 
get into problems. You know, the older the computer gets, uh, the more likely you are to run into issues with the upgrade. And that's especially true for any PC that was designed, not sold, but designed before 2012 when Windows 8 came out. If it was originally designed for Windows 7, there's a non-trivial chance that you're going to have some hardware component in there that uh, th that could struggle with uh, with Windows 10. But most of the people, I think, who are running Windows 7 today are are doing it on relatively modern hardware. They just didn't didn't want to upgrade. They were perfectly comfortable with Windows 7. Still did everything they needed it to do. And uh, so, you know, if if it's hardware that's newer than about 2012, uh, you should have a pretty good upgrade experience. That that's good to know. And when I get back from the Huawei launch, I will I will do this, Ed. But. Don't be surprised if you get a text message. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it wouldn't be the first. Now, I, another question. We've read a lot, or at least I have, about Windows updates coming out and they bork something in the system. And Windows has made it so the home user cannot regulate. Because I've always been one who said, let everybody else run the update for a few weeks and let me see how it goes. So are they making any progress on this, or is it just hard luck for home users? Well, uh, we won't know for a couple more weeks. But the rumor, and I, and I think it's true, the, the rumor is that beginning with the new version of Windows 10 that's, uh, that's in the very, very, very final testing stages right now and will be released to the public in April of 2019, uh, that, that, that that version will include the ability for people running Windows 10 Home Edition to pause updates for up to 35 days. Now, now do you recommend this? Well, um, yeah, that, that's, an, that, that's a really good question. The whole notion of pausing updates is separate from the notion of deferring updates. And that's not just a semantic distinction. On If you're running Windows 10 Pro or Enterprise or Education Editions, the ones that are designed for people who have IT departments, uh, those actually have uh, things in the interface where you can say, I want to defer uh, the feature, the so-called feature updates, the big every six months right, upgrades. Right. You say, you can defer those for up to a year. Uh, and you can defer, you can delay the um, the monthly cumulative updates, the Patch Tuesday security and reliability updates. You can defer those by uh, up to thirty days. And the reason that you do those things on a business PC is so, so that you can test them first before you you know have hundreds or thousands of employees all you know, trying to install an update and discovering that it has an incompatibility with an important piece of software that you have. Now, the thing about pausing updates, it, the point of that is not to give you time to test it. The point of pausing updates is so that you're not interrupted by an update at an inconvenient time. So Which always to, happens, right? Can I, can I right. reboot your computer now? Can I reboot your computer? No, I'm working, darn it. <laughs> right. So you, so you, uh, 
So if you're so you're you're going to get on a plane and go to Paris, right? About the last thing you want to do is as you're getting ready to go, right. <laughs> you, you know, you're just getting ready, and it says, you know, do, you know, please be patient. This update will complete in about an hour, and you know, <laughs> I don't have an hour, and uh, you know, so you don't want to do that. So that's when you pause updates. You pause updates because you want to. Uh, do them at a time that's convenient for you, not at a time that's convenient for your Windows PC. So if you hit the pause button, you also need to be thinking about, okay, I'm pausing, but now I need to, you know, mentally and in my calendar set aside the time when I'm actually going to sit down and do this. Because if you're just kicking the can down the road, guess what? You know, in 35 days, you're going to be surprised and it's right. probably not going right. to be a convenient time for you. Yeah, it you, you, makes perfect sense. So what do you see, the, the April 2019 update? Uh, what update number in this and, and what are the hot features you expect? Yeah, so this is, uh, you know, Microsoft has finally settled on a twice a year uh, feature update schedule for Windows. So they get the testing gets done, gets completed in March and September, and they get released to the public in April and October, respectively. So this is, I think, the seventh feature update since Windows 10 came out. And each one of these feature updates is like a, you know, a full Windows version upgrade. Yeah, and, you kind of need a Windows book to talk yeah. about it or to read Edbot stories on, on ZDNet. So you know what's going on because there's so, the creators update had so much stuff going on. I wasn't really sure. <laughs> and this one, so this new one that's coming out has uh, there's a lot of you know polish and refinement in it. There's usability stuff. There's the ability to pause updates, which is a you know a pretty big deal for people. There's uh, uh, you know the, some of the things that are in the settings control panel have been redesigned so that they're easier to uh, to understand. You know, oh, no. they're they're more consolidated, <laughs> so you don't have to click, 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 click through uh, things. There is one. There's a couple of new features that uh, that I think are kind of interesting. There's one called uh, Windows Sandbox, and Windows Sandbox is a feature where you just you have to you, you get you have to be you have to dig down in and turn this feature on. It's not enabled by default, but what it does is uh, what, when you run Windows Sandbox, it pops up. Uh, the equivalent of another Windows PC right on your desktop. That's and, cool. And the That's reason cool. you do this is you say, well, you know, I want to visit this website, but I'm suspicious of this website. I think they might be trying to uh, hack my system or fish my credentials. So you do it in the Windows sandbox and you see what happens. And it's completely isolated from your PC. It can't touch your storage devices. It can't touch... Uh, Anything about where you're signed in, you know, can't get to your user credentials or anything. And then when you're done, you can, you know, you can try out a program in there, visit a suspicious website. When you're done, you close it and it just wipes out every trace of what you just did. And when you open the sandbox back up, it's it's been raked clean again. That's that's amazing. Uh, and yeah. yeah, home users won't have that, but home users probably don't really need it. Right. Uh, and yeah, now, there's there are indeed some reasons why, you know, you can pay for that. That pro upgrade is worth paying for if you're serious about using a computer, especially for business. Well, and also now when you sign into Windows, 
for those of us who've been with Windows a very long time, um, I have a code that I put in sometimes. I have a password that I put in sometimes. Um, it's getting a little confusing. Are they introducing something new? There's not. Uh, there's the phone just number. The, there's just the beginnings of this, but yes, you can set up a, uh, a a Windows account now using just your phone number, and the the long term idea is that instead of having to remember uh, a a complicated password, you'll just get a prompt on the phone that's attached to that number. So you sign into your Windows PC with your phone number. You say, sign me in. It uh, it pops up a little message on your phone that says, you know, is it okay to sign you in? You, you tap yes, and uh, and you're in. And you didn't have to remember a password. Uh, you didn't have to, you know, you didn't have to go through any of that rigmarole. So yeah, that's right. available. Uh, there's also... Uh, Cort you know, if you know the yeah, I was going to ask you anything about Cortana because I, I don't like talking to her. <laughs> well, then, then you're in luck because what Microsoft is doing in the new version that's coming out in the next few weeks is it's separating the Cortana feature from the Windows search box. The Windows search box is a way, you know, if you're looking for files, you're looking for settings, right. Looking for a program, you just you know you type the thing you're looking for in there, and it pops up. Mac users know that is you know that's the spotlight feature. This is the same the same thing. Well, Microsoft is separating the Cortana stuff out, so Cortana will be on its own icon, and if you don't, and, and it'll be almost exclusively for the you know talking to your computer and getting answers back in uh, in you know. It, detailed answers in response to uh, to the questions that you ask. And if you don't like that, you can turn Cortana off, but keep Windows Search. And so that was a thing. A, a lot of people had the same uh, feeling that you did, that, that uh, I want Windows Search, I don't need Cortana, and so now you can turn, you can turn Cortana off because they're separated. Well, on a side note, you know, we have so many devices that we're supposed to talk to. I quit talking to Cortana, and to be honest with you, Alexa's going down the tubes here, too. I have a mute thing on top of <laughs> my Echo, and pretty much the only thing I talk to anymore is Google Assistant, which I find very handy. So yeah, that's, I mean, that's even Siri, you know, Siri is the other one uh, that, uh, you know, and, and, and I, I find it amusing that every once in a while from my iPhone here, uh, Siri will think that I asked her a question right? and, and, you know, you'll just be in the middle of having a nice, polite conversation with somebody. And all of a sudden Siri will say, I'm sorry, I didn't get that. Can right, you ask right, the right. question again? And, and if I say, hello, Google, 10 devices, I've got everything shut off here at my desk, but 10 devices will answer me asking me what, what they can do too. So yeah, but uh, that's kind of fun. And I don't mind it. Now I, wanted to ask you, what is Windows Hello? Uh, I see they're improving it, but I didn't know what it was in the first place. Okay. If you have a, uh, a high-end modern PC, Microsoft anything from the Microsoft Surface line is a good example mm, of okay. this. Uh, once you've signed in for the first time with your username and password, you have the option to set up Windows Hello. And uh, depending on the type of 
of hardware that that PC is equipped with, it can do biometric authentication of you. Right. So, right. Okay. Uh, so I just so on. I have several Surface PCs here, and all I have to do is start them up, and the the little camera looks at looks at me and signs me in immediately. Uh, on this Dell laptop that I use on my desktop most of the time, it has a fingerprint reader. So whenever I need to sign in, I just tap the fingerprint reader, and it signs me in. Now the interesting thing about Windows Hello is that it also works with it can work with third party websites and it can work with uh uh with the app store uh and with uh you, you know your email sign ins for example so that if you if you are going somewhere where you're going to spend some money using your Microsoft account you can use Windows Oh my Home goodness Ed we hear the music that means the show's over I just want to say go to Amazon and Ed we We'll give one away another time, but Ed has a great new Windows book out. Ed, thank you for being with us. It's been a pleasure. I'm real sorry. I was so interested in listening to you. This is Marsha Collier on WS Radio with a worldwide leader in Internet talk. You've been listening Bye-bye. to Computer and Technology Radio with your hosts, Mark Cohen and Marsha Collier. Produced by Brain Food Radio Syndication, global food for thought. Tired of presentations with no impact, no inspiration, and no traction? Do dull speakers have you and your team disengaged and distracted by smartphones? Christopher McAuliffe brings energy, insights, and two decades of experience delivered with punch, humor, and heart. Your team will leave energized, uplifted, and with a sense of purpose. Visit ChristopherMcAuliffe.com to bring some heat to your next speaking engagement. M-C-A-U-L-I-F-F-E. ChristopherMcAuliffe.com. Hi, Scale listener. This is David Finkel, co-host with Jeff Hoffman of Scale Your Business Radio. I wanted to let you know that our newest book, Scale, was just released and encourage you to get your copy. The book will give you seven proven principles to grow your business and get your life back. It's for every entrepreneur who ever wondered if they really own their business or if their business owns them. It'll help you to work less by getting your business to produce more. Get your copy online or at your local bookseller. For more information, go to scaleyourbusinesstoolkit.com. Do you want to be a professional coach? Are you in business trying to make a real difference with people you manage or work with? Have you started a coaching practice that isn't quite getting off the ground? Get the skills you need to be a successful coach today with the Coach's Training Program from Accomplishment Coaching. The Coach's Training Program will show you how to help others focus and be more fulfilled. Whether you want to improve your company's bottom line or create a thriving coaching practice, Accomplishment Coaching can give you the distinctions and practices you need to coach others effectively today. Accomplishment Coaching has spent six years developing a cutting-edge coaches training program that will have you ready to coach people professionally in just 12 months, and you don't have to take time off work to do it. To find out more about the Coaches Training Program, just call 1-888-548-6813. That's 1-888-548-6813. Kenja Dixon was crowned the number one sales executive through hard work, deep thinking, and the revelation of universal talk laws. He now wants to share these lessons with you. Universal talk laws are what you need to know and use in business and at home to have successful and effective conversations. Kenja Dixon shares his wisdom, action plans, and wealth. 
Each book comes with a chance to win $10,000. Find Universal Talk Laws at KenjaDixon.com. Hi, this is Rob Barnett, CEO and founder of VinVillage.com and the Wine and Dine Show on VinVillage Radio. Do you have a wine, event, product, or service to promote? Then contact VinVillage.com to reach thousands of wine lovers across the country. VinVillage connects like-minded wine enthusiasts with unique and exclusive wines, events, products, and services. To learn more, contact us on VinVillage.com. VinVillage is where wine lovers connect. 